Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. One day this past week, I was scrolling through the news app on my phone, and I came across this article that was from BuzzFeed, and you know, BuzzFeed always does lists. Um, So this article was this list of things that people said they had done prior to COVID that they are no longer going to do ever again. Uh, So one person said, I am no longer going to eat birthday cake after somebody has breathed all over it to to blow the candles out. I'm done with that. That's gross. Uh, Another person said, I'm just done shaking hands with people. Like that's unsanitary. I'm not doing it anymore. No more shaking hands. Uh, Another person said, I am done eating inside of restaurants. I'm just going to do takeout from here on out. Uh, They said it wasn't actually because of the germs. They were like, why would I leave the comfort of my home to go eat in a room with a bunch of random? Um, thought that was kind of funny. Well, uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I think I'm probably not done forever with birthday cake and handshakes and, and eating inside of, of restaurants. Uh, but this article was just kind of the latest reminder for me of how we're, we're all living through this time when we're having to rethink so many different parts of our lives, right? There are so many things that we that we used to do that we're just having to, to reevaluate. Am I going to keep doing that or, or how am I going to keep doing that? And some of this rethinking is, is pretty small and, and inconsequential, you know, whether or not we're going to eat birthday cake after somebody blow the candles out. Uh, but some, some of this rethinking is really big and, and is very consequential. Uh, I mean, for example, I know many folks are rethinking their jobs and, and their careers right now. We've got the great resignation going on. More and more people are, are quitting their jobs in order to, to do something new professionally. And, and even people who aren't quitting are rethinking how they do their jobs, where they do their jobs. So many folks are wanting more flexibility, more ability to, to work from home, that kind of thing. And in the midst of, of all of this rethinking, uh, a whole lot of people are rethinking the place of church in their lives right now. Um, there's a lot of folks who, prior to the pandemic, were very active churchgoers, uh, but now they're in this season of, of rethinking, uh, do I want to keep doing church, uh, or how do I want to keep doing church? You know, when the, when the pandemic first hit, we could only do church online, and that forced a lot of people to, to ask the question of, am I going to keep doing church now that it's only online? And now that it's possible to, to get back together in person for church again, it's forcing a lot of people to ask the question of, do I really want to go back? Uh, do I want to invest the, the time and the energy that it takes to get up and get dressed and, and actually go to church? And as folks are, are rethinking their relationship to church, there, there's a question that I know many folks are asking. Maybe some of you are, are asking this question, whether consciously or, or subconsciously. And that's the question of, what can I find at church that I can't just as easily or maybe more easily find someplace else? What can I find at church that I can't find someplace else? Uh, You know, if you think about it, um, if you are looking for community, well, uh, church is obviously a a great place to find community, but it's not the only place. Um, You could join a running club. You could join a book club. You could join a a trivia team and find community that way. Um, If you're looking for positivity or, or inspiration in your life, you can certainly find that here at church. 
But it's not the only place, right? You could read a Brene Brown book. I mean, she's inspiring and, and positive, and I think she's super helpful. Um, if you're looking for time and space to, to pray, well, well, certainly you can do that here at church. But this is not the only place. You could take a hike and you could pray out in nature. You could pray from the comfort of, of your own couch at, at home. So as people are, are rethinking their relationship to, to church, there's this question of what can I find at church that I, I can't find someplace else? Well, I think there's a lot of ways that we could go about trying to answer that question. But a few minutes ago, we heard a passage from Revelation chapter 21. And in this passage, it's, it's pointing us to something that we can only find at church And it's helping us to see why this is important, not just for us as individuals, but why this is important for our world as well. So I want to spend a few minutes with you here exploring this passage and and unpacking what this means for us uh, right here and and right now. Uh, First, a little context here. Um, As some of you know, Revelation is actually the very last book in the entire Bible. And here in chapter 21, this is almost at the end of the book of Revelation. And so what that means is, uh, as we read this passage, we're in what is basically like the, the grand finale of the entire biblical story. Now, the book of Revelation was written by a guy named John. Some of you may have heard of John. John was one of Jesus' first disciples. And uh, after the resurrection, John goes on to become a very prominent pastor and and leader in the early church. And then late in his life, when John is a, a very, very old man, the church is being persecuted. And as a leader of the church, John ends up getting arrested. And they send him to a prison on this island called Patmos. And uh, in the final years of his life, uh, suddenly, apparently out of nowhere, um, Jesus shows up in a vision to John. Now, how do we know that John wasn't just going crazy and starting to lose it? How do we know John didn't just smoke something funny? If you read the the book of Revelation, there are parts that will make you think John was smoking something funny. Uh, But we know that this really was Jesus because John knew Jesus. John had spent a ton of time with him earlier in his life, so he recognized him when he saw him. Uh, Jesus shows up to John and he says, John, I'm getting ready to show you a whole bunch of stuff that nobody has ever seen before, and I want you to take this in and I want you to write this down so that you can share it with the church. And that's what John does, and and what he wrote down about his vision, uh, that's what we now call the the book of Revelation. First, uh, Jesus shows John a glimpse of what heaven is like. He he gets this like sneak peek of of what is going on in heaven. I'll say more about that in a minute. But then Jesus shares with John this vision of of the future, this vision of what it's going to look like when God's work in this world is finally complete, when everything is finally as God intends for it to be. Uh, And that's what John is describing to us here in in Revelation chapter 21. So if you've ever wondered, where is all this going? Uh, What is our hope? What is it actually going to be like when everything in this broken, backward world is finally made right? Well, John is telling us, I'll, I'll try to describe it for you. Uh, So this is Revelation 21, verse 1. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth passed away. John's describing how there's going to be this this new beginning for all of creation. He goes on, he says, I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed, 
for her husband. What does all that mean? John is using a lot of symbolic language here, but, but basically what he's describing to us is that in the end, there's going to be this great union between heaven and earth. That, that no longer are heaven and earth going to be these separate realities, these separate spheres, but that ultimately they're going to come together. Uh, John uses the, the image here of a wedding. He says it's kind of like, you know, think of, of heaven like this beautiful bride and she's coming down the aisle to, to meet earth and they're going to get married and they're going to be united together forever in love. Um, uh, so what, John? What does that mean for us practically? He goes on and he says, well, once heaven and, and earth are united, uh, part of what that means is that God's dwelling is now going to be on earth here with us, with, with humanity. Of course, God is already present here with us now, uh, but when heaven and earth are united, God is going to be more fully present. We're going to see God in a new way. We're going to be with God in a new way. And as John's describing that, uh, he, he shares this. I think this is one of the most amazing verses in, in all of Scripture. This is Revelation 20, uh, 21, verse 4. John says, Then God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Isn't that a beautiful image to reflect on? God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. He says, death will be no more. There will be no more mourning or crying or pain, John says, for those former things have passed away. John's telling us all of this because he wants us to, to actually stop and imagine what it's going to be like when we never have to get depressed again, when we never have to feel heartbroken again, when we never have to say goodbye to a loved one again. John wants us to, to really stop and imagine what it's going to be like when we no longer have to feel anxiety or fear or shame. John wants us to really imagine what it's going to be like when all of our sorrow and all of our, our sickness is finally healed forever. Imagine that, John is telling us, because that day is coming. And that is our hope, because that is what's going to happen when there's this final union between heaven and earth. Well, I think that's a beautiful thing for us to reflect on uh, in its own right. But let's try to make this practical. What, what does all this have to do with the church? What does this have to do with what we can only find at church that, that we can't find any place else? Uh, well, um, this might sound kind of crazy. Um, I think this sounds pretty awesome. But uh, as Christians, we believe that when we get together to do church, uh, when we get together to do worship like we're doing right now, there's a lot more going on here than meets the eye. Because we believe that when we worship, uh, heaven and earth actually already begin to come together. Heaven and earth already begin to, to overlap in this space so that whether we realize it or not, as we worship together, we're experiencing a little piece of heaven right here and right now. As I mentioned earlier in the service, um, today is what we call All Saints Sunday. This is the day when we commemorate all the many people of faith who have gone before us. So this includes people that we've known and, and loved, our family members, our, our friends. Uh, it also includes all the millions, probably billions of, of other folks who have gone before us 
in faith. All of these people that we believe are already now with God in heaven. Now, what are all of these people doing in heaven? Are, are they flying around with wings? Are they sitting on clouds? Are they playing harps, you know, like we see in the, in the cartoons and, and stuff? Well, uh, not exactly. Not exactly. As I mentioned before, uh, John, in, in the book of Revelation, he tells us about what he saw when he got a glimpse of what's going on in heaven. And he describes this, this great multitude, this massive crowd of people. And he says that there are people from every nation, every ethnicity, every language that, that you can think of. And what are all these people doing in heaven? Well, John says they're worshiping. That's what's going on in heaven. All of these many people, all these folks who have gone before us, they're, they're worshiping. They're singing praises to God. They're praying to God. In fact, they're praying for you and they're praying for me and they're praying for this world. And all of these folks are, are sharing this great heavenly feast. John looks around heaven and, and what he sees going on is worship. Now, here's what that means for us. It means that when we come together for worship, uh, we're not just worshiping together with the, the other folks in the room that, that we can see with our eyes, and we're not just worshiping with you know, whoever is, is watching with us online, but we believe we're actually worshiping together with all of heaven, all of heaven, your loved ones and mine and all those billions of, of other people of faith who've gone before us. When, when we sing songs of praise, we're actually just joining in with their songs. When we pray, we're actually just joining in with their prayers. When we share the, the sacrament of Holy Communion together, we're, we're actually joining in with their feast. Uh, whether we realize it or not, that's what's going on in worship. And in that sense, when we do this, heaven and earth begin to come together already. They begin to overlap right here and right now. And the beautiful thing is that you and I get to be a part of that. And by participating in worship, we actually get to help create that union. So to get back to our question from before of, of what can we find at, at church that we just can't find anyplace else? Well, it's not the only answer, but one answer is this, right? It's, it's worship. It's worship. Um, you know, running clubs are great. But that's no substitute for worship. Uh, Brene Brown is awesome, but she'd be the first to tell us that she's no substitute for worship. Praying on our own uh, is something we absolutely all should do, but even that is no substitute for worship. Because when we come together and we sing and we pray and we share Holy Communion and, and all of this, we're getting to experience a little piece of heaven right here on earth. We're getting to experience a, a little piece of heaven right here on earth. And the truth is, that's something that we just can't find anywhere else. Well, as we reflect on that, uh, I know that that it can maybe feel a little bit abstract and, and a little mystical, you know, for some of us, that's super cool to, to reflect on. For others of us, you know, maybe, maybe not as much, but all of this is super relevant to us at Kindred Church right now. Um, as many of you know, we're moving into this really exciting season here because we finally have a place to call home. We finally have a place to launch our weekly worship services in the AMC Classic Theater in Durham. Um, and I can now confirm that we are going to launch weekly in-person worship on Sunday, January 9th. Sunday, January 9th. Get that in your calendar. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be an awesome celebration. 
Now here is why this matters, uh, not just for us at, you know, within our church community, but, but here's why it matters for our mission. Uh, you know, as I look around this world, I don't know about you, but I think this world could use some more heaven in it. Uh, as I look around our area, our, our area in Durham and, and Chapel Hill, it's a great place to live. There's so much that we all love about it, but it could use some more heaven in it because there are still so many things that are not as they should be, right? John says that, that on that final day when, when heaven and earth come together for good, there will be no more grief, there will be no more crying, there will be no more death. Well, clearly that day isn't here yet, right? Because we look around us and we see poverty. Uh, we have this pandemic going on. There's racism that still plagues our society. We look around us and, and we see and we feel anxiety and, and depression and, and addictions and, and broken relationships. There's so much that's not as it should be. And that means that this world and, and our area, it needs some more heaven in it. And I think one reason that God has led us to the AMC Theater. One reason that God is calling us to launch weekly worship at the AMC Theater is so that we can help to create a little more heaven right here and right now. Uh, so that we can together create a place where people can come and, and where they can bring their, their pain and their struggles and, and where they can encounter God and, and lift those burdens up to God. So that together we, we can create the, this space where, where people can sing with all of heaven and pray with all of heaven and, and feast with all of heaven. And in the process, people can find uh, the, the kind of healing or at least the kind of hope that can only come from heaven. I know I need that in my life. I'm pretty sure you need that in your life. I know we have thousands of neighbors all around us who need that in their lives as well. And I think one reason that God's led us to, to the AMC and God's calling us to, to launch weekly worship there is so that we can create that space. Uh, not just every so often like we've been doing with in-person worship here lately, but, but every single week. Now, uh, as we think about our, our launch of, of weekly worship, uh, I'll end with this. There, there are three things that I hope each one of us will be doing between now and, and our launch on January 9th to help Kindred have a, a good, strong launch. Um, and here are those three things. Uh, number one is to show up. To show up. I know some of you that are, are watching this uh, online, um, you don't live in our area and, and you can't show up to, to in-person worship and, and that's fine. We hope you keep tracking with us uh, online. But for those of us who, who do live in this area, um, when you show up to in-person worship, uh, that helps to give our church momentum and, and energy and it also helps to signal to, to new folks who are there that this church is worth the time and energy invested. So that's important to, to show up. Uh, number two is to invite. You know, we have this amazing community. We have this amazing vision for, for where we're going to go as a church. But the reality is nobody's going to know that um, and nobody's going to come to us unless we first go and share with them what Kindred Church is and, and invite them to come and see. So show up, invite. And then the third thing is to pray to pray. Uh, we cannot launch weekly worship without God's help. We certainly cannot make heaven and earth overlap here uh, without God's help. Um, so I hope that all of us will be praying for God's provision and, and God's guidance in the weeks ahead of us. Uh, we've got something important here that we can only find uh, at church. And if we keep showing up, 
if we keep inviting, if we keep praying together, then we can launch worship the right way. We can continue to reach more and more of our neighbors and, and we can keep creating this real piece of heaven right here and right now. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious God, creator God, God of heaven and earth. Uh, Lord, we give thanks on this All Saints Sunday for, for all those who've gone before us in faith. We thank you for the gift of worship that reunites us with them, that reunites us with you, God. Thank you for the opportunity to, to launch a new weekly worship service um, in this season, God. We're so excited about the ways that you're going to use this new ministry. God, give us the strength that we need to, to answer your call to help make this happen. God, uh, give us the energy and the motivation that we need to, to show up, to reach out and invite new folks, to, to keep praying uh, so that we can launch the right way, so that we can have the kind of impact here that we hope and and pray for God. We're so grateful for all the ways that you've led us and provided for us to this point on our church planting journey. We're so excited for this new step. Uh, we love you, Jesus. Thank you for all of this. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kindred Church Podcast. If this episode was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.